Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy with Kids Views. I'm here in the studio with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hello. Hi, Amy. Andrea's not with us today. But that's okay, because we're going to have a guest. So our first topic today, we are going to be talking about family vlogging, which we've touched, it's been a long time since we've talked about like family, YouTube, kid YouTubers. Um, But we're really excited because we have a guest in the studio, which is not on the phone, in the studio. Uh, (laughs) We have Rachel Dumphy, who's a freelance writer, um, and she's been writing for New York Magazine recently about family vlogging the sort of trend but the sort of underbelly the sad depressing (laughs) sorry i'm nodding yes (laughs) hi um awful part of maybe child abuse (laughs) family (laughs) vlogging and so let's jump right in because we have rachel right next to me Hi. hi rachel thank you for being here of course happy to be here um, I have to say, so we read your first article a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, which was about more generally about family vlogging mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sort of the industry that's growing up around it and the abuses that might be happening and this sort of weird nebulous space it's occupying. Um, and then you did a follow up article, which was like <laughs> super horrifying mm-hmm. about this one family in particular who mm-hmm. seemed to be abusing them there's no other way to say it right Mm -hmm. they seem to be abusing their child um, or pranking their Mm -hmm. child um, for the sake of views and the monetization that follows and then today there was a follow-up to that in the news that they had their children taken away so let's Mm -hmm. like go all the way back to the beginning (laughs) Um, because i feel like that's like its own separate Mm -hmm. cautionary tale Um, so let's start with the very beginning on why this topic interested you Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, so I go to a lot of different tech events kind of across the spectrum, and at a preview of Tech Toys last fall, I just randomly sat down at a table full of women who, with their children, ran these uh, family vlogs. A lot of them are toy review vlogs, which is kind of how they ended up at the conference looking at new toys, Um, and they were just going on against each other complaining about the industry and uh youtube for a long time you know because it is it was immediately obvious that it is a much more complex industry that i ever realized at that point i was only very vaguely aware of it through kids of friends um and they kind of joked, oh, I hope you're not a journalist and you're going to reveal our story <laughs> to everyone. Uh, and I was just and you quiet. Were like, no, let me just put this tape hour. recorder on the table. <laughs> and then I said, actually, as it turns out, I am a journalist. Uh, would you like to talk to me more about this? And luckily they did. And then they, they introduced me to other people. And uh, it ended up just being very deep. And that's the research I've been doing the, for the past six months or so. So... When you pitched the story, uh-huh. <laughs> um, how did you pitch it? Like, what was the angle? What be- As you did all this research, what mm-hmm. became the most intriguing part of this mm-hmm. phenomenon to you? Uh, so uh, there were two families that I kind of talked most with uh, and 
came up most heavily in my first piece. Uh, one was Melissa Hunter and her daughter Gracie, who run the Mommy and Gracie show, uh, which is mostly a toy review family vlog that was started in 2011. It was kind of at the beginning of the trend. Uh, and Melissa Hunter is really passionate about these issues and also much more willing to speak openly about them than most people in the industry. She seemed sane. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, and she actually started a, um, a YouTube partner network a few years ago uh, called the Family Video Network that is specifically built around uh, curating family-friendly channels and making sure that the channels that they represent are uh, you know, using good ethical practices and taking care of their kids, uh, you know, financially, making sure that they're not working crazy hours or doing anything that's kind of inappropriate. And right, because we should mention nothing regu regulates this. This isn't no, covered under child was, labor laws or like child performer laws, nothing. Exactly. So that was the first thing that was really interesting to me was she kind of said that and I was like, this is insane. It's kind of um, more like having your kid work in your restaurant, right? Exactly. Like if they, that's how the yeah, authorities that would be how it would be regulated because if they are employees, they're just employees of their parents. Uh, so what happens is... Um, Basically, the parents set up these accounts for their kids. Usually it is kids who initially want to start a YouTube account, but as soon as they realize how profitable it is, um, you know, parents will tend to take control, and then YouTube just completely anonymously deposits ad revenue in an AdSense account. And what happens to that money is completely under the parents' purview, as is uh, you know, how much the kids are on film, what practices they're using to uh, you know, film the kids, like how much they're telling the kids, you know, there are all kinds of parents who will script videos and do multiple takes. Most of these parents have separate sponsorship deals with the products they feature, and they do not make it clear in the videos that they're making that they are being paid by uh, the products they're featuring a lot of times. Uh, so the two things that I initially realized when I started talking to them was one, that this industry is extremely popular and extremely profitable. Um, we just don't notice it because the only people watching it are Kids. very small children, um, <laughs> none of whom are technically legally allowed to be on YouTube anyway. Um, and that the industry was completely unregulated, which just means that both the kids who are watching and the kids who are appearing in these videos uh, are really vulnerable to the abuses, the potential abuses of both their parents and you know YouTube and its advertisers and all of the money around this business. Because it is, I mean, there's no official estimate, but mine would be that collectively it is over a billion dollar a year hmm. industry. And it's the number one category on YouTube, we should say. Unboxing uh, pretty much, yeah. toy videos are the number one category. It's mm -hmm. um, crazy. So one of the things that's really interesting is you touched a little bit on this child labor issue, mm -hmm. right? And there's yeah. this idea that this is a quote unquote family business. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, the f if the family is using the proceeds to actually just fund their life, mm -hmm. there is nothing being put aside for these kids. It's no. not it's not the child labor laws that came about because of Judy Garland. The and, Coogan laws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what should parents do? Like, let's let's say I'm a parent. And let's also mm -hmm. say this. With all that those big numbers that float around, mm -hmm. it is like less than 1% of channels that make oh, more absolutely. than like $100. Like, there's some crazy YouTube mm -hmm. stat. And I do think, because I own a website where kids make videos, <laughs> the idea that parents have in their heads mm -hmm. and the idea that kids have in their heads that they're going to launch a YouTube channel and make 
millions of dollars and be Evan Tube mm-hmm. um, is insane. Mm-hmm. And that most people should know they're ne- going to see four cents literally from YouTube mm-hmm. and their kids are going to lose interest after they do it once or twice because it's work my daughter begged for a youtube channel for so long and when i finally let her have one she got one mean comment from somebody she knew at school and she was done Mm -hmm. yeah and that's a whole other issue is what these kids Mm -hmm. are opened up to so you know back in the day we used to make fun of kathy lee gifford right because she would parade her kids out Mm -hmm. and be like oh this is horrible or you'd look at these celebrities who just use their kids to promote their own brand but now these are regular people, right? Mm-hmm. So you're not someone in the public eye. You're not someone, but you're a regular person deciding to use your child in this way. Mm-hmm. Comments is, is one factor. Um, and what do you, I mean, when you did this research and mm-hmm. you talked to these parents and Melissa too, mm-hmm. like what was their end goal? Like where do they see this going and let's face it, kids get older, just like mm-hmm. any child star, and they're not cute anymore, mm-hmm. and they phase out. Or what happens when your whole family business is wrapped around this child who doesn't want to do it anymore? Yeah, uh, so that definitely came up a lot with a lot of the people I talked to. Um, and it is true that most parents who are in this industry now, you know, who are large players in it, uh, it happened by accident. Almost all of them, uh, something like most of the time it's their kids wanted to start a YouTube channel and they finally said fine you can do it and then once monetization happened and once they realized uh, you know their kids exploded because of something usually their kids without meaning to hit some kind of viral tag <laughs> um, you know they they start to think of it more of a business it usually evolves slowly uh, one woman who runs a channel that now has like five million subscribers she said that they just started almost completely by accident because she made a video for her parents of her kids and she didn't realize there were privacy settings and it just <laughs> went viral <laughs> And now they have an empire. I'm laughing so hard because, I mean, I'm a blogger and everybody <laughs> I know would kill. Like, they're yeah. trying for exactly. that to happen. That's it's why it doesn't happen. Yeah. Because when uh-huh. you're trying, it shows, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and there's also the question of these stats being fake. Oh, yeah. Which is, I think, from very recent people, uh-huh. that's my hunch. I don't think you can build an audience like that on YouTube anymore if you weren't there from the beginning of mm-hmm. that size. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think it's impossible to know a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, YouTube knows. They just don't want to. <laughs> really. They don't want to. Honestly, they don't want to kill it. So they don't want to. Uh-huh. They'll do a wipe once in a while where they wipe out fake whatevers. But they know all those people buy views from Russia and yeah. from wherever uh-huh. and those bots. Mm-hmm. And YouTube, in general, it is worth saying, is very cagey with anything at all. Um, you know, I have an ongoing relationship with a few re- YouTube reps. And, like, the amount that I talk to them and then the statement they give me is just... Um, it's not what I usually <laughs> encounter. Um, no, but in terms of, of the kids themselves, yeah, usually they start to grow up and then they want to do it less, especially, you know, this industry is six or seven years old, really. And so we're just kind of first getting to the generation of kids who don't want to do it um, mm-hmm. anymore. You know, they've grown out of it. And so that can turn out pretty well, like the way Melissa is handling her kid. And I touch on that a little bit in the piece. Um is, you know, Gracie's older now, she's 13, and she's less interested in doing the videos. Uh, So part of it is Melissa has founded this company and she's putting more effort into that, but she also, you know, she 
set up her life so she never intended this to be their reliant income for the rest of their lives. So, uh, you know, they were glad to have the extra money, but they're not, you know, their lifestyle didn't elevate to the point where they can't let it go. Um, you can see a lot more on the other side of it, like um, Allie, who I bring up a lot in the first piece mm-hmm. as well, um, had a much different situation because her mother uh, really started to become reliant on the income she was making and suddenly had a lot of fantasies of Allie's videos kind of providing for them for the rest of their lives and she wouldn't have to work anymore and uh, this could be their family's full-time occupation and for a lot of these families it is their full-time occupation if they're managing the amounts of money they're making well enough like they probably could finish out their channel and still be fine. but, uh, you know, obviously that can get really bad because, I mean, obviously Allie's situation is special, but she ended up having to leave her mother's house and basically steal back the money that uh, she had made through YouTube. Yeah, she told um, you that, she, like, her mother was, was pressuring her to stay up half the night to edit videos right. mm-hmm. and work more and more and more. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's insane mm-hmm. to me. That's abuse. Well, I don't think people realize how much work goes into oh, tons. Oh, video. Uh, and then that's something that also varies because some of these, you know, Allie was 12 when she started this channel, maybe 13, and... So this was really, the video editing was as much her project as being on camera, but the younger the kids, you know, most of these channels, I would say their parents do the most, do the majority yeah. of the editing, but the kids who were, you know, 10 or older when they started, a lot of times, yeah, they are doing the video editing, their parents have just never done it, so they have no conception of the fact that their kids really working a full-time job mm-hmm. to put out, you know, five or ten videos a week whatever they get to yeah um yeah some of these schedules i mean um you know there are a lot of prominent youtubers who will put out a video a day or something like that and when you just watch a 10 minute video you know they're usually just on camera in front of their computer or something it doesn't seem like that much work but once you start looking at how difficult this process is like they are spending most of their time behind the camera and I think that's a lot of th- a lot of times something that parents don't realize when their kids are editing these videos is that mm-hmm. it is a huge investment of time. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, and it's they're in such a double bind because mm-hmm. technically, because of COPPA law, mm-hmm. kids can't have their own YouTube account yes. if they're under thirteen. So there's not even a mechanism for kids to own their content uh-huh. themselves mm-hmm. anyway. Absolutely, and that's hugely problematic. Yeah. Uh, well, the COPPA laws are actually a really complicating factor in this for a bunch of reasons. Actually, uh, the research that I am getting more into now is uh, much more focused on the advertising side of this. Uh, both, there's the issue of, of advertising that happens in these videos. I mean, a lot of YouTube vlogging is native advertising at this point, and that's not very clear to viewers, but especially with kids, both the kids watching the videos and the kids on the videos often really don't understand that what's going on is advertising. And just explain to our, view, our oh, listeners yes, what sorry. native advertising is. So native is. advertising is uh, getting more and more common uh, basically when a uh, an original program is uh, advertising for a product, you know, basically like product integration, as you would see in a television show. It's like on Designated Survivor when the lead is is like driving a certain brand of truck exactly, and they're doing when they're like, oh, the key helps you stay in your lane. Coke glasses you know? on the American yeah. Idol judges table. Yeah. <laughs> so because a lot of these are essentially toy reviews, I'm air quoting, um, 
they're basically just reviewing a product and then saying, oh, yeah, like this doll, her hair is great. Uh, her outfit's great. You know, her accessories are great. Aren't they so fun? And <laughs> uh, I, a lot of the time that is paid or at least, you know, they have a relationship with the brand that's providing them with free product. Um, and that's usually not made clear to viewers, though sometimes it is. It's uh not really watched by regulators. And then the other issue is uh, the ads that are playing before videos, right. which obviously is becoming an issue outside of this industry. Um, you know, you have all kinds of issues with, uh, you know, terrorism videos or hate videos making a profit and then all these companies not realizing they're being associated with them. But when you get into COPPA laws, uh, what you find is most of the kids who are watching these videos are using mom's YouTube account. Yeah. And so they're registering as a 30-something woman <laughs> and the number of times I have sat through like the Fifty Shades Darker ad right. or like the ad for the new Hugh Hefner Amazon mm -hmm. show uh, is just atrocious. Um, and again, that's it's a category thing. So parents could choose to turn off uh, certain ads in certain categories that might not be family friendly, but usually you lose a lot of revenue for doing that because there are a lot of advertisers who don't mm -hmm. want to work with you. Um, so that side of it, I think, you know, kids are getting exposed to a lot of advertising that really isn't appropriate for them at all. Um, and again, it's just uh, completely shielded from view because uh, the solution that most uh, general adult platforms use to get around COPPA laws is just don't tell us, you know, right. yeah. lie and there's no way for us to know. Yeah. Right. Uh, which obviously, you know, there's not a great sustainable solution that anyone's found. But. Right. I mean, I think for parents, if on the watching side, they could use the YouTube Kids app rather mm -hmm. than the regular YouTube. Sure, um, certainly. But in terms of kids, you know, it's interesting because on we're like crazy about disclosure because when we mm -hmm. work with brands, we're actually like working directly with the brand. Mm -hmm. But for kids, they don't understand what that means. Mm -mm. Um, and I think this idea of a review mm -hmm. is actually a huge misnomer. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. no kid is going to give something a bad review if it's really more like an unboxing video mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Um, and that's really interesting because if you have kids watching kids and taking kids at their word, and the, it's not like it's the kid's fault that they didn't, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like a very strange thing. Mm -hmm. um, and if the mom has a deal with the yes. company, how hard are they going to push to make their kids say nice things? Right. Absolutely, you know? yeah. To make nice things, to have it scripted. You yeah. know, we talked about that a lot, how many kids, how families are scripting and mm -hmm. filming. They all want to be the Holder next, Holder, Holderness family. They all think they're going to get a TV deal. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, all right, so let's just segue a little yeah, bit and talk totally. about the... The family that is now under fire because this is really like the this whole thing gone super bad. Yeah, and I my feeling about these things in general is I partly blame Jimmy Kimmel. I really yeah, do yeah. think these horrible like set your kid up, prank your kid, shame your kid, humiliate your kid videos started with him on like a viral scale. Yeah, it he made it big. It's what made his show mm -hmm. stand out initially. He stopped doing them, I think. Mm -hmm. Now that he's a parent, I guess, and realized how horrible they were. Well, I don't no, know. I mean, he has teenagers, too, from a first marriage. Right. So it's not like he... It's funny, because I thought... Okay, so this week, Jimmy Kimmel revealed that his newborn had a horrible heart problem. And I was, you know, so he was in my mind. And I was thinking, oh, you know, he's got two small children. I wonder if that's why he stopped doing the videos now that he's a dad. So then I actually looked him up and found out that he had older kids. Maybe so he the didn't fact, like them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that he was doing that when he actually had 
children and already knew how that could affect kids makes me like him a lot less because I had assumed that he hadn't been a parent when he was doing that. Or been Mm -hmm. a kid. Yeah. (laughs) I hate pranks of any kind. but I do too. But the pranks that humiliate are the worst. And and I think that it takes it a step because we all have friends who post things like they'll post a picture of their kid having a tantrum on Facebook and say, Mm -hmm. you know, I told her she couldn't wear the red pants. You know, whatever. Told her she couldn't, you know, wear her clogs to school. I think when you when you're doing this stuff in order to monetize it, it that's when it takes it to a different level, yeah. you know, and and makes the stakes higher. And that's so. Tell us about this family that did that. Yeah. Um, so I mean, what I focused on initially was uh, this kind of behind the scenes abuse potential that's huge and it kind of happens in a lot of minor ways. But what I didn't get into because it's um, you know icky and distracting in the first piece is that. <laughs> Um, there are a lot of families uh, that make huge amounts off of kind of on-screen abuse or on-screen um, you know behavior that's clearly inappropriate. So one of these stories uh, broke really hard about two weeks ago um, when this YouTube commenter commentator um, Philip DeFranco. Uh, kind of weighed in on a minor controversy about a channel called Daddy of Five, which has been doing prank videos with heavy uh, air quotes for about a year. And the videos are basically um, just the parents kind of pretending that their kid has done something wrong um, and then just swearing at the kid. Um, Often they will destroy the kid's electronics with a sledgehammer in front of him, um, you know, and the kids are screaming and crying. um, And then they reveal, oh, it was a hilarious prank. Um, And this isn't all of the videos they do, but it's very common. And it is, you know, all of these videos are their most popular videos. And it's one of the kids in particular. Yeah. So their their youngest kid, Cody, is the one who's frequently targeted in these these videos. so all kinds of stuff started surfacing as the story blew up because first um, they kind of the family kind of fired back um, in this weird long video where the kids chimed in and said stuff like, "At least you don't beat us like most parents," oh, <laughs> which is not a healthy attitude to have no. as a child. Um, I guess that's what they've been telling them. I <laughs> could be worse. Who knows? Could be beating it. And, and um, they claimed that that some of it was acting. Exactly. So then this kind of went on. You know, they then blamed the YouTube commentator for creating hardship in their lives and then he fired back um, and then I think they hired a good lawyer um, and started putting out these more and more apologetic videos saying you know we didn't understand uh, that everybody was taking this so seriously it's acting and uh, and then eventually they replace their apology with an even more apologetic, apologetic apology, which is clearly like, professionally lit and has a lot of cuts in it. Um, and they get to the point of being quite contrite. Um, yeah, the mother's but, like sobbing. Yeah, and all of this is because um, there was this whole YouTube controversy that sprung up around them. Um, like the family vlogging community was completely taken over um, by what was happening here. Actually, I found out about it because one of my sources, the day the piece came out, said, you should be watching this. And it mm. was, she was right. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it, it kind of blew up into this whole thing. And suddenly there were a million things happening at once. Um, a day or two into the controversy, uh, 
a woman claiming to be Cody and Emma's biological, the two youngest kids' biological mother showed up. Um, and that's confirmed at this point. Um, she claims that all kinds of uh, kind of custody manipulations were happening around the scene, behind the scenes. She basically claims that uh, Mike Martin, who is the, the guy who runs the channel, uh, stole the kids back from her after she took care right. of them for most of their it's like a Jerry young Springer lives. It's, it's, I mean, it, it, <laughs> it's it like, became an entire mess. Yeah. Um, but it was something that that the YouTube uh, moderators had to have been aware of for a very mm -hmm. long time. Uh, you know, I usually can't get much out of YouTube, um, but they definitely confirmed that you know a single flag will trigger their warning system and I have had many people confirm to me that they have been flagging these videos for weeks and months. Um, and it was two or three days into the initial controversy that they demonetized the channel and removed some videos, um, though definitely not all of the ones that you would kind of immediately know are problematic. Um, By they, you mean YouTube? YouTube, yes. Demonetized um, later. Mike Martin privatized the entire channel and claimed that he had demonetized it, uh, which makes sense. Um, anyway, yeah, YouTube was not super receptive to comments about any of this. Um, Marilyn CPS was also definitely aware of the situation beforehand. There was a little bit of miscommunication amongst all of the um, branches of government involved, but uh, definitely both the Martins and Rose Hall, the kid's biological mother, uh, confirm that CPS investigated them after Hall uh, discovered the videos in October, um, and CPS obviously couldn't comment. Um, but CPS also like, claimed right. not to have known that the videos existed until very recently, um, though you know, the halls, or Rose Hall definitely reported that the videos existed. It, right, it's the so chain of custody of information when, got right, very yeah. screwed up. But um, once there was all this publicity exactly. about it, then all of a sudden they knew when they had to do something, yeah, and the um, kids were taken away. Exactly, so it, it really was completely this, um, like, YouTube uproar that made anything happen. Because That's on a very small scale, uh, a lot of people have been trying to deal, like, get any information, right. or get any exposure to this situation at all, and just nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, just to clarify, the mother is saying these videos exist. There exactly. were shenanigans in our custody, you know, dispute. Yeah. Their their mother and, has and been trying to get crickets. anyone to listen to her for at least six yeah. months. Well, what's so crazy about this whole thing, and when we talk about this with social media and kids all the time, is it's all there. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's he said, she said. Yeah. The videos exactly. are there. Yeah, I was talking I to mean, a child psychologist and he was saying, you know, if there aren't, like if there isn't video evidence, you know, of a parent like hitting a kid 20 times over or like the kid having scar, like, like it's just going to be very hard to prove any kind of abuse that there's not a scar for. Right. I'm like, what if I told you there was video evidence of the parent like coaxing the one kid on. into slapping the other <laughs> but kid? But then it's, it's not like surveillance video. The parents have produced the video exactly. and they can so say but we were coaching was, them from behind the scenes and exactly. it was acting and he knew what was going on mm -hmm. you know so how, yeah. so it does go back yeah. to he, nobody, should, uh -huh. he said she nobody's said. child is that good no nobody oh, the kid, at, no i watched is, a couple of the videos their stomach turning there's no, I, I don't yeah. like pranks of any kind oh, and these either. take it to like the nth level and they're so disgusting yeah they're like red yeah. face right. crying yeah um 
Yeah, I, I definitely think the claim that all of this is acting is more than a little um, unrealistic. But um, yeah, I mean, this channel was monetized and had um, you know millions of views on a lot of these videos. You know, um, like a lot of these pranks, like Dad destroys Xbox, like Dad destroys kids PS One, whatever PS Three. What generation are we on? Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, they have like you know 1.5 2.5 million views like this channel conservatively makes between 200 and 300 thousand dollars a year which means that youtube is also making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year mm. off this channel um i mean until recently and uh, it makes you wonder about the brands yeah. that are featured like Sony couldn't be happy like would you want your brand destroyed <laughs> right. in order to prank a child who then's hysterical crying that you mm-hmm. destroyed their world like the whole thing is so demented and wrong and off and I feel like somehow this idea of like everyone's a creator you can make videos this just took a weird turn oh yeah and when it and i guess it is monetization i Mm -hmm. guess that's what changed everything was people realizing that if they did certain kinds of videos those get the best Mm -hmm. response Mm -hmm. and they can make money off their kids because they don't have to pay them Mm -hmm. and just it just takes off like it's a it's a very i can tell you that when we started kids views six years ago the story i always tell is because youtube was still relatively new Mm -hmm is that every parent said to us, not every, but a lot of them were like, I don't know, like, I don't know if my kid wants to be on video. And now every week Mm -hmm. we get emails from parents saying, if my kid joins the network, how are you gonna make them a star? What Mm -hmm. kind, what are you gonna put behind them? How are you gonna publicize them? And we're like, you you can't be a part of our network. Like we can't take parents like that. They're Mm -hmm. the new stage mom, right? Mm -hmm. It's the screen mom. And it's like if, both ways like if people are looking at this as a golden ticket they're wrong because mm-hmm. it's really hard to make a lot of money and it takes mm-hmm. a ton of work but if I don't know there's just there's something about wanting your child to somehow support your family that is yeah. really mm-hmm. whacked I mean, it's just so wrong yeah and it is so much the monetization thing I mean it, it's such a double-edged sword because before you had all of these people making all this great content um, and getting nothing from it, you know? Um, So you want to be able to reward Mm -hmm. the YouTube creators who are doing really interesting things and give them a platform to kind of create something without a lot of backing behind them. But then at the same time, you know, over the past five-ish years since YouTube has enabled monetization, a lot of it has just become advertising. You know, they have a whole creator academy that is mostly set up to teach people how to be more marketable, you know, how to create more content that more brands are going to want to support, um, which, I mean, obviously everybody needs to eat, but um, is uh, very contrary to what made YouTube initially so interesting. Yes. <laughs> that is interesting. That's a whole other thing, right? Yeah. Like the lot, the lack of interesting content now. Uh, um, it's the whole other <laughs> but that's, I mean, so much of these vertical, ah, verticals, like it's uh, these like unboxing, family vlogging, like their fitness vlogs and um, beauty. Yeah, beauty blogs are huge. And, you know, all of it, it's it's just advertising mostly. It's just featuring different products. I mean, some of it isn't explicitly advertising, but still the format of so much of YouTube has just become how can we put product in here, you know? 
Um, I guess because the truth is, if you're making quality videos, it is a ton of work. Oh, and yeah. So oh, yeah. It's you need some, to pay for you it. You need to get paid. Uh-huh. Um, but it is an interesting, unfortunate evolution of what started out as just like, everyone's mm-hmm. sharing videos and it's cool and creative and yeah. and, and as someone who makes her, li- her living online I'm yeah. not criticizing people for wanting to make no. videos oh, off of their video making money off of their videos I'm criticizing mm-hmm. them for wanting to make money off of their children who don't oh, want to yes. make videos you uh-huh. know yeah if your and, kid doesn't want to do it then that means you shouldn't be doing it. And the, <laughs> yeah. the other part of this is like when my kids were younger and brands would approach me and say, hey, do you want to do a video with your kids with, you know, this detergent? And, you know, they sent like little lab coats and had my kids in a video and it was adorable and my kids had fun and I put it up there and it was like, whatever, I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And then five years later, I'm sitting there and I start getting frantic texts from my teenage son saying, um, my friends have found my videos on your site. Can you please delete them and I was like all right let me get you a computer and he's like no 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 now delete like they're sitting here googling them delete so it was like a race mm-hmm. to delete all of the videos that he was in from five or six right, years before ago they can download before them his and yes him. exactly <laughs> we get we get emails from kids all the time who started with us like can you take my video down now like I don't like Justin Bieber anymore and I don't yeah, exactly. um which is interesting because who wouldn't be embarrassed? Like, aren't you, like, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone has those things and they're, you mm-hmm. go through such a self-conscious age and of course you want that stuff taken down. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess if your parent's monetizing it, they might be like, no, like, yeah. this was our family business. All right, well with mm-hmm. that. Oh, it news. is worth saying that today, um, you know, or I guess yesterday, an initial part of the story broke, which was that uh, the Martins appear to have lost custody, at least momentarily, of their two youngest kids, yeah. Cody and Emma, uh, to their biological mother, Rose Hall. So yeah. I don't know what's going on with that, but um, cautionary you know. tale. And the other kids, <laughs> the other three kids, are are not his. They're, no, they, so they're potentially they could go yeah, to the father, like if they're yeah, if they're doing knows. this to all yeah, of the kids. I haven't heard anything about that side of things, but yeah. it is. Continuing to develop. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, such is that's just sad. The whole yeah. story is sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be that. <laughs> don't try to make your kid into a YouTube star if they don't want to. And don't give up your day job. Making your kids support the family. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Well, we will be right back with our bites of the week. Thanks for being here, Rachel. This yeah. is great. Of course. Thanks for we'll having me. We'll link to the articles on Facebook. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> we'll get them all in. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We are back with our Bites of the Week, and Amy, you're first. Okay, um, mine is totally juvenile, but I'm juvenile, so whatever. Um, It's an app, and I... I feel like I have snark everywhere in my life. I did not have snark in my weather forecast. So when I saw people on Facebook no talking way. about what the forecast, I was like, oh my God, I need this app. So it gives you weather forecasts. You can put, set it on three levels. One that's just kind of snarky and funny. One that has some profanity, words like jackass. Right. Um, I think my first forecast when I had it set on that was, actually, it's a pretty nice day, but why don't you go outside and check it out instead of looking at it on your phone, jackass? <laughs> and then you can set it for full profanity, which is hilarious. So it's called What the Forecast. It's Does free. Does it actually also give you the forecast? It actually gives you the forecast. <laughs> okay. And yeah, like aside from the snark and the swearing, it's a great app, but it's also just hilarious i feel like alexa should enable that as a skill because having alexa read that to you would be awesome i think that we'll have to check out and see if you can do that (laughs) okay all right rachel 
So I plan consumer electronics shows in addition to the journalism. Uh, and we do a couple of family and kids technology conferences. We do a newsletter uh, for our Kids at Play conference that just gives you an update on the newest kids technology stories you should be following. Uh, you can subscribe to it at our website, kidsatplaysummit.com. It's a lot of really interesting stuff. I love it. I get it. I get it. And I tweet from it. (laughs) Share the article. I don't get it. So I'm going to sign up for it. I think for parents, like it's uh, parents spend so much time on the consumer side. It's good to understand like what's going on in this industry because your kids are going to know before you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you should like get in there and just just peruse. Just be in there. Um, and God knows we talk about CES a lot, so you can sort of see why. (laughs) (laughs) See what see what's coming up before we even go. Um, so my bite this week is a new podcast from the Broadway League called the Broadway Podcast. Oh, um, the first episode went up this week with Philippa Sue. So every oh, nice. week is an interview with a Broadway star or a producer or director or writer, or whatever. But it's a real insiders Broadway podcast. So Excellent. if you're a Broadway nerd, my guess is because it's the Broadway League doing it, they're going to get everybody. Oh yeah! And the Tony Awards are just a month away, so I'm expecting big things from this podcast yes. <laughs> leading up to the Tony Awards. The nominations came out this week, so you can also, if you're interested in that, check it out. I think it's going to be on CBS. I feel like it's June 11th, maybe, but I'll double check um, the Tonys. Which um, who's hosting this year? I feel like I know this. I do know this. Um, All right, we'll post no, it. No, we should Google it right now. <laughs> it's, watch his face. What's um, his face? Frank Underwood. Oh, oh, Kevin oh, Space. Kevin Space. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, no way. Kevin Space. And it is June 11th. Uh, oh, June 11th. look at that. I got everything right. Woo-woo. Oh, he'll be I'm like, Frank Underwood. Does he sing? He totally sings. I, I didn't, I didn't oh, know that. He'll I totally sing. Um, I'm sure he's going to do some opening number thing. Oh, it's good shows that are nominated this year too. It's going to be a really good show because they have Dear Evan Hansen and mm-hmm. Come From Way. Like it's a lot of good shows. That's like Hamilton so dominated last year that it yeah. was like there yeah. was nothing. Everyone else. was so excited for the Tonys. I was like, Guys, it's all going to be Hamilton. Right. Why even watch? <laughs> right. It's one because time. we love Hamilton. I know, <laughs> but it, you did feel bad for every other show last year. <sighs> this year it'll be much more even. And um, although yeah. I think Dear Evan, you want to not know and take yeah. everything. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's our show for today. You can see everything we talked about today on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash parenting bites on parentingbites.com and on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, um, and on play.it where you can find Parenting Bites and all the CBS podcasts. Until next week, happy parenting. Thanks for being here, Amy. Thank Thanks for you. joining us, Rachel. Yeah, it was really thanks. great. We're yes. excited to link to all the articles so everyone can like. <laughs> be in this Jerry Springer YouTube world. Can't wait to hear who loses their children next. Tune in. Yeah, it's so sad. It's so sad. All right. And maybe we should link to Jimmy Kimmel's thing because he kind of redeemed himself. To to his video about his son. His his better video. Yeah. We'll we'll link to that one and and hopefully that's the new Jimmy Kimmel. All right. (laughs) With that. Bye. 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 Bye.